0: At the Coca-Cola Company, Keurig Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo, some of our bottles can be remade in a whole new way using 100% recycled plastic. New bottles using no new plastic except the caps and labels. Learn more at madetoberemade.org.
1: With Ashley Frasca
2: Plants, flowers, trees and stuff Brought to you by Pike Nurseries
3: On 95.5 WSB Hour number three of Green and Growing starts now Really glad all of you are here this morning and listening to the show I'm getting some tremendous feedback And I appreciate all of you very, very much Good morning to Cindy and Tanya who are listening And also Barbara, I know she and Ed are down there listening Good morning guys And Joseph as well So you can uh, be a part of the show When you call 404-872-0750 And uh, so many calls And I think I've done a good job Of getting to most of them But I did lose Patricia in Cartersville And Patricia, if you are still out there In Bartow County uh, The question was great How to prepare bare root roses before planting Um, And we've talked a little bit about that And I love that And that's a good question So I'm going to let all of you know um, bare root roses now is a great time to plant those You pretty much have the next couple of months To get them established um, There are a lot of reasons why places sell bare root roses And that's fine uh, And don't be intimidated by it But she was asking if, you know, maybe do you put the roots in water before um, And generally, yeah, sure To rehydrate them, that's not a bad idea If you're able to soak those roots for maybe just two hours I mean, not not long at all um, but that could be a possibility And then let's not overthink planting them in the hole uh, Make sure you're digging the hole and planting these roses that you paid good money for In the right spot, right? They, they need the right amount of sunlight and all of that to really be successful So make sure, following the label, you're planting them in a good spot um, But really, just preparing the soil, not much to it Breaking it up really, really well Digging a hole that's maybe... More wide than deep But I would go out about 12 inches At least 16 inches maybe wide To where you're going to have an opportunity To lay those roots down in the hole And the hole doesn't need to be super super deep Because we don't want to bury the base of the plant right? That's not the part that you're wanting to uh, bury You really just want to bury the roots So wider than deep And then break up the soil really well Especially that Georgia red clay And I get down on my knees And work it through my fingers, you know, with the garden gloves I mean, I break up the clumps really, really well Place it in there, make sure it's not too deep um, And then hold it still, backfill firm in the soil So there's no air pockets or anything Whether that's you stepping on it or just pressing the soil down around it Really, really well with your hands Making sure there's no air pockets And you've broken up that soil so it's nice and soft as you're backfilling the hole Again, I don't recommend... Putting fertilizer in the hole. I just don't think it's necessary. Uh, bare root roses, they are dormant right now, right? So they're going to be able to focus more energy on the roots before they're able to, you know, have to start thinking about, God, now I got to put out leaves. Now I got to put out flowers. Now I got to do all these other things. And I think uh, a fertilizer is probably just going to accelerate the process and jumpstart it a little bit. But there's nothing you need to do or any way you need to interfere. With how the roots become established They're going to do it on their own They're going to do it with the right soil temperature With the right amount of moisture With the right air temperature So you can certainly just feel free to Just introduce them to the dirt And and you know the area in your landscape And they're going to be just fine So that's pretty much the long and short of it uh, Patricia just simply uh, Planting bare root roses And we can certainly talk to Allison Smith at Pike Nursery About that here In the next half hour or so And we did have them on the show talking about roses A couple of weeks ago Um, But I wouldn't be intimidated by bare root any more than I would be, you know, buying a containerized uh, rose We just don't want to overthink it Okay, so as promised, I did want you to hear from Norm Mitleider, our friend, uh, certified aesthetic pruner Had a good conversation with him And this is just a snippet of our conversation from a week or two ago I'm losing track of the entire month Like, I don't know what was on the show last Saturday versus the Saturday before Um, It just all runs together And then I start prepping As soon as Monday, like the show's over on Saturday and I spend the week prepping for the next show and it just kind of all runs together. But nevertheless, we had a great conversation. I had some very... Uh, Basic pruning questions, and I want you to hear that Because a lot of you have reached out on the Facebook page, like Ian, he said he's ready To prune his David Austin roses And fruit trees, and Lisa's going to be knocking Back salvia and butterfly bushes Uh, Gary and I, both doing the Rose of Sharon in our landscape It's just bare, twiggy, has been All winter long, I just want you to make Sure you're pruning the right thing at the right time And with very sharp, good Sterile pruning shears So here's the advice from Norm
0: Obviously, one is to maintain the tree in its designated space because some of the trees are going to develop into large trees when they really only want maybe a medium-sized tree. If you tackle it early, you're able to keep a tree that wants to be 20, 30 feet tall, maybe 15 feet tall, and still look like a Japanese maple rather than a
3: So if it is a large upright maple Then it's going to grow that way And it wants to be that size But if you are reducing something for size A good rule of thumb is really only to take A portion at a time Each time you prune Talk about that
0: Typically you only want to take about a quarter Typically and then maybe a third but no more than a third because that would put too much stress on the tree. And then if you take too much off, it will also encourage a lot more extensive growth when it does start flushing out. Right now, you could do some of your corrective pruning, going in and cleaning out the dead wood, maybe correcting some crossing branches, but I would try and have that done by the end of February because in March the leaves are starting to come out, so you really don't want to be stressing the tree during that period. Um, You could begin to start trimming the tree again mid-April and then prune up until probably the latter part of June.
3: But when you're looking at the branch structure, where do we begin?
0: Unfortunately, sometimes those lower branches are the ones that people want to go after because they're in the driveway and interfering with the vehicle going in and out of the garage or it's next to the walkway. Their initial reaction is to cut it all the way off when in actuality sometimes all you need to do is maintain that branch but just shorten it so that it's still there and given symmetry to the tree But out of the way of whatever Um, So by making, you know, a few cuts Stepping back, seeing what the effect is On what you've done And then proceeding on Is definitely uh, advisable
3: I would imagine we probably want to keep Some of those stronger, bigger branches That have been there a long time But talk to me about the ones that are smaller Maybe the size or the width of a finger Or a pencil or something like that Are those okay to start Cutting and, you know, start small, right?
0: Well, what you're trying to do is envision the end idea or concept that you have for the tree, the look of the tree. And sometimes there are branches and stems that exist now that in three or four, ten years from now, aren't going to be there because you've replaced them with other ones. There is a tendency sometimes to, oh, this is just a little one, so I'll cut it off. Well, that little one might have been able to come out and become a very nice branch versus one of the bigger branches that isn't so attractive right now. You always are wanting to think ahead like a chess player and see what your next move is rather than pouncing immediately and then regretting having done it certainly can thin out some thin ones if you notice that they're not going to achieve any purpose, but sometimes you want to keep some of them so that you always have an option to go to later. I would keep some of those, but you can also thin out some of your larger ones. Depending on what type of tree you have, if it's an upright, I tend to like to have a certain number of main vertical branch structures Mm -hmm. and then some of the outlying ones, they start to come out horizontal, but then they kind of want to taper and come up. So you want to trim them back to make them more horizontal because once you've got your vertical structure, you want to start developing the horizontal structure.
3: And I'm glad you mentioned thinning some limbs out Um, A lot of people probably hear that when we talk about pruning They hear about making a thinning cut versus a heading cut So before we go in there and start knocking branches back Tell us the difference
0: A heading cut is typically not the best cut to make Because you're hopefully going back to a growth point But most often what happens is people will just come down a certain height and whack it off, which tends to leave an ugly end. Whereas thinning cuts, you're actually going to a growth point and thinning out a larger branch that you don't really need anymore to open up the tree to make it a little more airy and be able to see in or through it. Thinning cuts are healthy for the tree and it also helps to uh, bring out the beauty of the structure of the tree.
3: And one last question for you when we're getting ready to think about pruning some of these trees, uh, what tools do we need? I mean, what would you have on the ground beside you before you're ready to go?
0: Definitely not a chainsaw.
3: <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> All you really need is a, a good handsaw and a good pair of pruners. Um, I would not use loppers. The only reason for loppers is to maybe clean up the debris after branches and then cut, but... Do not use loppers. They do not make the proper cut on the tree. We're all about making good cuts so the tree can heal. It doesn't matter where you start. It's just a matter of starting and then stepping back and evaluating the tree and the progress that you're making.
3: Really glad that I can reach out to such a trusted uh, source for pruning, Norm Mitleider there, and also uh, watched a webinar with the pruning guru, Rick Smith, uh, a week or so ago. So I feel like that is my strong point right now. I can tell you how to prune stuff for sure. Um, And I just recently pruned my knockout roses again. Valentine's Day, just in my mind, is the time for me to prune my knockout roses and prune the butterfly bush back uh, and there's a video on the Facebook page When you search green and growing WSB There's a video, scroll down just a little bit About me pruning my knockouts I think two years ago But recently I just posted a picture of uh, My work this week, the before and after And how severely you can cut those back And I promise it's going to be okay 404 When we come back Hope and Holly Springs has a great question About participating in the Great Backyard Bird Count So I certainly want to talk to her And also the top three things to be doing In the landscape this weekend when we come back Come back to green and growing on WSB Now granted this weather update brought to you By Finley Roofing is for all of you So you know how to plan your weekend but I am tailoring it to my good friend Chaney B Because he has just been dying to know Like, Ashley, what's it going to do this weekend? I mean, meteorologist Christina Edwards tells us And I missed it, I had a really busy week So this is for you, buddy Today, the high is going to be in the mid-50s It's going to be a little breezy But sunny, and tomorrow partly cloudy But mostly sunny skies Mild, warming up to around 60 degrees Tomorrow and Monday But the chance for scattered showers Moves in on Monday Breathe.
2: Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week.
3: All right. How about number one? Now is a good time to control spurweed or burrweed in your lawn. Really the best time to have done it was with a uh, pre-emergent herbicide application back in September. But yeah, you're like, Ashley, I didn't do that, and I have burrweed. So now's the time to tackle it. Uh, January, February, maybe into March, the best time to go ahead and control that with like a broadleaf herbicide. Uh, Manually remove what you can, but it's sticky. It hurts. Uh, So get ahead of that because it's hurting the, the kid's playing in the grass. It's hurting Fido when you let him out. Number two, azaleas can tolerate a rejuvenation pruning now, and it's important to do that before they bloom. If you're really needing to knock it back, if it hasn't bloomed in years, it doesn't look healthy, When you do it before it blooms, the plant focuses more on putting out new growth And not so much concentrating on putting out flowers So this does mean with azalea rejuvenation pruning, you will not get flowers this spring Because you're cutting it all away, but I think it's a win in the long run With number three, I have Josh Fooder, the county extension agent for Cherokee County With a tip for pruning muscadine vines
2: So into February, early March, and we want about a hand space between what we would call a spur, even though it's not a true spur, but where we're leaving those fruiting buds, two to three of last year's buds, and that's that ring on the branch or the the stem that came out from last year's growth. We need at least two or three of those nodes from last year because the growth that comes off of those nodes is gonna be where our fruit is set. And we want about four to six inches on the cordon between those fruiting branches that we're leaving behind. Because if it's an established muscadine, they are so vigorous and they will become so crowded, you want at least a fist width between them on that cordon. Ideally, we have some conditions that are gonna be dry, at least that day or the next few days. And you know, that post pruning, uh, sort of bleeding or, or oozing, that's perfectly normal. That's what muscadines are going to do. And then just remember sharp, sterile pruning tools.
3: My thanks to Josh with that great tip All right, so as promised And we've been talking about the great backyard bird count I have Hope calling from Holly Springs With a great question about that project Going on this weekend, hey Hope
0: Hey Ashley,
3: thank you for taking my
0: call And I want you to know You have done a great job following Walter I did not think anybody could do
3: it But you have pulled it off (laughs) Thank you, I had my doubts too I was terrified, the scaredest I've ever been in my career But I'm having fun and I hope that comes through on the air So thank you It does, it does (laughs)
0: Uh, but uh, I'm older in fact I've been listening to the
3: show since
0: before Walter when it was a uh, Kathy yeah. somebody but any anyway, rate um, so I'm not a computer uh, whiz. I'm more of a computer netwit and I had trouble last year it used to be inputting the the birdlet the great the count you know was yeah. easy and it's for me last year it was pretty complicated what is the easiest way to get my bird list? Into the count. I I don't have trouble identifying the birds. I just have trouble with the technology.
3: Understood. And you know, I encourage folks, um, hope, first of all, to make it less complicated and so you can be more focused on what you're seeing. I am old school too I like a pen and paper Okay, So I like that pad I write down cardinal Then I start doing tally marks How many I see Bluebird I may go ahead and write the birds out Knowing what I'm going to see I know the same birds that come to the feeder So I'm going to go ahead and just have that column With the bird names And then do tally marks To be able to count how many I see when we come back, I will tell you three simple ways To do the Great Backyard Bird Count And submit your entries So I want you to stay tuned Of course we've got to take a break For an update on the news There's a lot of big international news going on Y'all need uh, Michelle for the update on that Traffic and weather When we come back Pike Nursery with spring blooming trees and shrubs And participating in the Great Backyard Bird Count On WSB
2: Green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries.
3: On 95.5 WSB. One of my favorite parts of the show comes up at 8.30 every Saturday morning. So I have a lot of favorite parts, actually. Some of the interviews I do and the experts I get to talk to. uh, The top three things to do in the landscape. Try to do that once, twice an hour and just kind of remind you, like, gently tap you, hey. I don't want you to be overwhelmed But you got some time outside Three simple things If you get nothing else accomplished And you kind of chisel away and Do one or two or three of the things every weekend Lo and behold, it'll make such a difference In your landscape But yeah, this time of the show We bring on the generous folks The great managers of Peg Nursery Locations Throughout Metro Atlanta And they share some garden knowledge with us So I've got with me Allison Smith She is the manager of the East Cobb Store Hey there, Allison Good morning, friend Good morning, how are you? Very good and very appreciative of your help I'm sitting here texting Allison Or I may text Brittany or Charles Off the air and be like Hey, I had a listener ask about where to find This plant or that plant or the other plant Do y'all have it? And you give me an answer straight away And I get back with the listener Like on the Facebook page or an email And I'm like, yep Pike's got it. Head that way. And they're so grateful. So thank you for that.
1: (laughs) Of course. We love making people's yards beautiful and finding what they need and want always.
3: Well, and your inventory is fantastic year round. But this time of the year has got to be one of y'all's favorites aside from, you know, Christmas. I mean, this is really like truly the spring inventory of all of the color, all of the varieties of everything. The plants, flowers, trees, shrubs, everything that anybody could ever want.
1: We get so excited We have spring fever Way early Uh, Much earlier Than anyone But other Other than our gardeners Uh, We get so excited To fill our greenhouse And and prepare And now is Is really a great time To start planting And I know we're going to Talk about that And what we can do today
3: Absolutely I mean folks are so hesitant Sometimes in the winter time And maybe if they've moved From up north You know they realize Hey when the ground's frozen Of course I can't plant anything Nor should I be But here we enjoy A lot more Mild climate and So it's very rare that the ground Freezes it would have to be a hard freeze For a number of days to really impact The soil temperature in that way So we always say that winter time is The best time to plant because the roots Have a chance to get to know their new environment And they're not stressed out with the Summer heat and then when spring Comes on it's kind of a gradual warm Up in the soil temperature and the air temperature And the plant is able to you know start Putting out new growth and all of that Albeit not under stressful conditions, so that's why we're talking about uh, installing things that will be blooming very soon that will reward you a spring color. And you know, gardeners want instant gratification, Allison. So we want to plant it. We want to see the flowers right now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so this is and a you're good time. Exactly
1: to, right. <laughs> yeah, good
3: time to plant. So let's talk about if we walk into Pike Nursery, stuff that's in bloom right now, and it's okay that it's got flowers on it in the nursery, and I carry it home. I'm going to pop it right in the ground, and it's still going to be happy.
1: Absolutely. Well, one that most everyone's familiar with are the camellias. Now, we know we've got Sasanqua camellias around Christmas time, but the Japanese camellias, the Camellia Japonica, are all budded up and blooming right now, and they're gorgeous. We've got creamy and bright whites, um, really beautiful coral. Coral Delight's one of my favorites. Um, Pinks bright reds, rose-colored. They're just gorgeous. And the ones we've got all around our store not only are in bloom, but are abundantly filled with with buds that are about to explode. Um, I know we've talked about lot, a lot, so I want to mention a few others that people may not be as familiar with. Yeah. Carolina Jessamine. I have that. Gorgeous, I love it. Yeah, right? I love It, it grows voluminously, beautiful, fragrant, yellow flowers. It will even do well in partial sun. So it won't have as many flowers as quickly, but if you've got an area where you just want something bright and maybe you don't have full, full sun, Carolina Jessamine's a good option there. Um, One of our fan favorites that people start asking about in December is Winter Daphne. Um, If you don't know about it, it is beautiful and fragrant. It is You walk by them in our greenhouse and people stop to ask what they just smelled. It's just stunning. Um, And we've got loads of those in stock now. And then a couple others that I really like, Himalayan Sweetbox is a great shade shrub uh, that is in bloom now. It's an evergreen shrub, and it can fill, you can hedge it and keep those little blooms. Some of them also have little dark purple berries, so really pretty in the landscape. Um, it can be used as a shrub or an accent, really lovely, and the, the flowers are uh, nice and white. And then lastly, um, these we have all over the greenhouse, and everyone stops and stares, Our magnolias. Oh, yeah. These are the the star, the tulip, and the black tulip, um, which is kind of a deceptive name. They're not black flowers. They're actually really bright, dark, rosy magenta flowers that are just... Showstoppers we love them
3: Well and now tell folks you know they may be Thinking of the traditional evergreen Magnolia with the big white bloom But tulip magnolias are a whole Different beast and they put on flowers Before they put on leaves and they're just Such a different a different character Aren't they
1: that's absolutely Right right now they look they're Really profound strong Tall upright Stalks that you're starting To see these fuzzy buds on. We don't have any leaves. Those will come. But the first to, ex- to explode on these stems is going to be those blooms. And you'll walk by and it's almost like they're they're hovering in the air. So it's different than the traditional magnolias, the, the very southern magnolias of the big leaves and the big white blooms that we often think about. These are very unique.
3: Okay, very cool. Yeah, I've got one by the shed in the backyard. And You know, I can see through to that part of the corner of the backyard because nothing's leafed out yet. And the first thing I see is the flowers on the tulip magnolia. And it's just such a delight to see that. Again, we were talking earlier in the show about the things are really starting to flower out right now. Some cherry trees, um, you know, some other things soon to follow. But that is one of the first things I see.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's beautiful. Like I said, people walk through the greenhouse. We'll have them sitting around and it looks just like this. Flower hovering in the air from across the greenhouse, they're stunning
3: Yeah, okay, and now so in anticipation of things that are about to bloom There's some that maybe you know, in Pike Nursery right now They're not full of flowers, but just wait, they will be probably within a month or so
1: That's right, and and gardeners who have been developing their yards for a while Now know to come in and seek those out by name um, One of One of the biggest, most interesting for spring is forsythia. And we know it when we see it, when it's in bloom. It's tall stalks of tons of yellow blooms, just Just shooting up in the air. Really another showstopper. I know I've said that word a couple times. We get really excited about these things right now. Um, But such bright yellow golden blooms uh, that just rise up a couple feet. They can grow up to three to five as they develop. Um, They bloom through February and March. Right now we've got uh, stems with a bunch of buds on them just ready to explode. A good shrub to pair with those also that does a little bit of the same, but with bigger blooms is going to be quince And you get those in orange, um, scarlet, and even peach or pink tones. And those are really pretty too. Again, same situation, Ashley. We've got a bunch of stems that are just ready to explode, but those are really bright, happy spring colors that are a about to emerge in the in the landscape. It's
3: funny, certain things stick with you, and I think one of my first calls ever on the show when I started the show back in February of 2020 uh was a lady that was calling about a flowering quince and it kind of stopped me in my tracks. You know, of course, somebody trying to describe a flower over the radio is difficult. <laughs> she did her best, but then I think she followed up with like sending me a picture. And I mm-hmm. didn't know. I was like, I don't know what that flower is. And, man, once I got it identified, like, that is something that will never leave my memory bank because it's so pretty and so unique. And I just thought that's going to be one that I need to remember. Flowering quince is gorgeous.
1: It really, it really is. Uh, and we've got loads of those in the greenhouse right now, too. We we walk by every morning and just to see if any of the buds have opened yet. I've got a couple just now popping and it just makes us so happy for spring yeah. because it's coming. <laughs> oh,
3: love it.
1: Yep. Yeah, um, a couple others that we've got, uh, another great shrub, Pieris. Mm-hmm. And this is lovely because it not only adds winter interest, it's evergreen, but the blooms are really tiny. You can get them in pinks, dark, almost um, almost like a dark pink, and then white. And they're tiny uh, little bells is what they look like almost. Um, really pretty. It's a very compact shrub. People use them in containers, just like they would for uh, tiny boxwoods and other accent plants. So they're great on, on patios as well. And you can accent those with annuals or draping vines or creeping jenny. Really, really pretty. Um, the, casca- the almost cascading clusters of those little bell-shaped flowers are, are really delicate and pretty. They do great in, in any landscape. I've got a lot of clients who want that French country look. Oh, that's it. And they it. flock yeah. to this Pieris. It yeah. does really well. And it will it will take partial shade and shade. So you'll still get some of that um, pretty bloom, even if you've got a shade garden. And I love it for that.
3: Pieris is good. And also one of my favorites, again, that I have um, on the Facebook page when you go to Green and Growing WSB. And I told folks to look for the photo album Highway horticulture, that's going to be this time of year. Pictures I've taken over the years of things that are in bloom you know, coming up and then at what point they're in bloom, identifying it. Redbuds is one of the most popular that folks are like, what tree is that? Because the flowers grow on the limbs. It's weird.
1: Yeah, and they're gorgeous. And most people recognize a redbud from the foliage, but when they first see those blooms coming out, I've had clients come up to me and they're like, no, that's certainly, that's not a red bud. I've never seen it look like that, but that's exactly what it does. At first it flowers and then the foliage comes out and those bright colors are stunning just bright pinks. And then of course we move into really rich, dark purple leaves. And there are some uh, green leaves. There's a lavender twist redbud also that has some variegation to it. Really pretty, pretty plants, pretty trees.
3: Yeah, for sure. So that's a good one. Eastern redbud and last, which I think they're really starting to bloom now and have over the last week or so because of the atypical warm weather or different cherry varieties. But Okami is one of the first, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. We saved one of the best for last. I love flowering cherry trees. The Okami is stunning. Um, really rosy pink blooms. Uh, I almost get so excited to see them erupt on the trees. I can't wait for them to flutter off as new blooms um, emerge. But they, they bloom in March. And, and to your point, driving around Atlanta, because we've had some nice early spring weather the past couple weeks, you will see some of these already in bloom mm-hmm. um, and it's what we know oftentimes, the cherry blossoms from D.C., when, uh, when everyone talks about going up there or, or watching those uh, on television when they're in full bloom, these, these are those trees. And uh, they add a real stunning spring introduction to, to any landscape, of course.
3: I love it, and we did mention at the beginning of the conversation Getting your hands on some camellias, right? We've got the Sasanqua and Japonica And Japonica are the ones that are going to be blooming here right now Or soon, maybe through March Um, Suzanne called in real quick, Allison from Conyers Can she prune camellias now or wait till it gets warm? So what is just a good general rule of thumb as far as pruning our camellias? Great question. General rule of thumb, you want to make sure that
1: those buds have developed and ideally a couple have opened before we start pruning. Mm-hmm. We don't want to we don't want to interrupt the bloom cycle on those camellias when they're in bloom uh, or before they bloom, pardon me, but certainly uh, I love clipping them off and putting them in little jars around my yeah. house, certainly in my kitchen, bright happy flowers. Uh, I've got um, associates who love clipping off a bloom and putting that them right there like a corsage Just to walk around with yeah. <laughs> a little boutonniere <laughs> to true. show off their blooms So absolutely, uh, as long as they're in bloom, now's a fine time to prune them I wouldn't do a hard prune, mm-hmm. um, but trimming them up is just fine
3: Perfect. All right, Suzanne, if you're still listening, that was great advice from Allison And Allison, if anyone has heard or loved what they have heard They have the opportunity to work with folks like you at Pike Nurseries
1: Absolutely. Plant knowledge is a plus, but it is not required. Um, We love people. We love interacting with our community and inviting people into our gorgeous and relaxing greenhouses. Uh, Right now, we are gearing up for a lovely and exciting spring season. So if anyone wants to spend some time outside with, with really fun teams and amazing customers, Come to any of our Pike Nurseries any day Specifically Thursdays But swing on by or give us a call Go to our website, uh, click on the tab We'd love you to join our teams We really have a lot of fun here
3: Uh, For sure, I almost feel like I'm a pseudo-adopted employee Because all of you are so wonderful So pikenursery.com is how you can get a job at Pike Nursery Find out where the locations are And all about what's in stock Landscape design Classes are slowly coming back So Allison Smith, thank you so much for joining us this morning Always appreciate your passion and enthusiasm what a fun topic today.
1: Absolutely, and we will happily adopt you As a pike employee. Thank you. you're the best <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thank you, I'll talk to you soon Okay? Alright, have a great day You athletes. too, thank you so much for your time Allison and Suzanne for the great question about Pruning camellias, it's one of those things Wait till after it's blooming and then You're able to prune, so if it was Sasanqua Those are done now, those started as Early as October, Japonica I wouldn't do a whole lot with now, but yeah When they're done blooming, go at it Alright, when we come back, some final thoughts and things going on Around town, you don't want to miss it, screening Growing on WSB Or do it the old-fashioned way And you've got 95.5 on your radio dial If you're driving around Metro Atlanta Good morning, hope you drive safely A weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing Sunny today and tomorrow Highs in the mid-50s today A little bit of a warm-up around 60 tomorrow And some clouds moving in Chance for scattered showers as we roll into Monday So Hope from Holly Springs had a great question About participating in the Great Backyard Bird Count Okay, And I want you to go to birdcount.org That is the website, Bird account.org to help you get started. 15 minutes this weekend at any point Of you sitting, watching birds, identifying what you see How many of them you see in one area in 15 minutes And there's three different ways to participate When you go onto birdcount.org, you'll see this You can use that Merlin bird ID that we're talking about You download it for free from your app store Merlin is M-E-R-L-I-N Merlin bird ID, so you can count them through that If you want that app on your phone And that'll also have tools to help you identify the birds Whether by sound or color, how they look uh, ebird mobile. That's another app, but it's all kind of the same thing. Ebird mobile. And Hope's question was why I don't want to do it on my phone. I want to do it on my laptop or my desktop. So when you want to go to ebird on the computer, there's a link right there. So you can certainly follow that. But again, get to all of this by going to birdcount.org. I can't wait for all of you to participate. And hey, the Dahlia Society of Georgia meets today. I'm getting ready to go hang out with the folks of the North Georgia Camellia Society. Their exhibition at the Atlanta Botanical Gardens from 1 to 5 today, 10 to 5 tomorrow. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Thanks for participating in the Bird Count, of course, for being part of the show. And we will do it again together next Saturday. Have a blessed weekend, guys.